You know, a year ago when we were a church, like so many, we started navigating a world of lockdown. We started navigating a world in a pandemic. And I remember just a little over a year ago, I was preparing to take a wedding. It was actually John who was playing keyboards this morning. Um, uh, I was about to take his wedding and it was in a couple of hours time and the news came on then and it was the prime minister telling us all about alert levels. And I, like the rest of you, had to figure out what the heck that meant. I had to interpret this new information that none of us had seen before. Um, but I had to then go and take this wedding and then on driving home, I had to figure out what does that mean for us as a church? What does that mean for churches in this country? How do we apply this alert level? Um, there was no handbook for this moment. Absolutely no handbook. The churches all across Aotearoa started trying to figure out what to do. And it felt pretty weird, but on Sunday, that first Sunday of lockdown, you could suddenly watch every church you ever wanted to visit. Did anyone do that? Did anyone go visit the churches they wish they could go to? Yeah, I did that. Um, but it was, we were all pivoting like mad, weren't we? We were throwing our, our services online. We were trying to figure out what to do. You know, and it felt like as we got ready for that moment, everything we made a plan for on Monday was useless by Tuesday. And it felt like everything that we figured out how to do on Wednesday was then not going to work by Thursday. Like it was such a frustrating time. When we entered level four, there was no handbook. No one had written a handbook on how to lead a church in a pandemic. But there was one helpful read for me as a letter. And I, Jade, can you just throw up the next slide? It was this book, Todd Bolsinger's book, Canoeing the Mountains, a book on Christian leadership in uncharted territory. Now, this book is not a book about pandemics at all, but it is a book that was helpful for this moment. It was a book about adaptive leadership in church contexts. And in this book, Bolsinger, he draws on a very powerful analogy. He takes the analogy of the pioneering adventure of Lewis and Clark, who led the settling expedition to the west coast of America. Next slide there. They headed along the Missouri River and other rivers as they went to go and figure out how they could get to the west coast. President Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark, and off they headed along the great rivers of America, thinking that they would row their way all the way across the land. They canoed their way across the territory. Canoeing was the mode of expedition that they had set themselves up for. And things were going well until they reached the Rocky Mountains. There was no longer a river to canoe. There were mountains to cross and they had to leave the canoes there and they had to cross the mountains. Bolsinger's book makes a very poignant point. When the river stops... You can't just paddle harder. You have to adapt. You have to leave the canoes behind and you have to start a new form of the journey. Now last year, this was our analogy. Just next slide there, thanks Jade. We had to leave our canoes where they were and we had to trek across uncharted territory. And we did it all together. The church globally did it all together. No matter what church you might worship in, normally if you're visiting this morning, that church would have done it as well. Everyone was trying to do this. We had the guides up the front telling us some ideas. We had people checking in along the way to see how people were doing. We had moments of frustration. We had plenty of moments of fatigue. We had loss. We had moments of joy and we had fun. But there's a thing to remember today. So much of the journey over the last year was not the canoeing that we had previously been doing. The journey had changed modes. You know, if you struggled with connection in this church along that time, my guess is it's probably because you were used to the way we canoed. 
rather than the fact that we'd now started to hike together. And maybe if you were struggling to have a moment with God in this community over the last year, it could probably be because you were used to the view in the river and you were struggling with the fact that now we were looking at mountains. Or maybe if you found yourself wondering what church is even all about and how you fit, it could be because you were missing the feel of the paddle in your hands and you didn't know what to do with the walking stick that you now held. And so with that analogy in our minds, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that that has been our last 12 months. As a church, we left the canoes, we adapted, and we walked a new journey together. You know, one of the examples of what we did over the last year, one thing that's affected all of us is that we took this gathering here at Epsom Girls Grammar and we pivoted it into multi-gatherings. We stopped meeting in this big group like this. This big group is just so hard to have together during COVID lockdowns. But also there was another reason for that. We, we felt that we needed to become a community of connection and that in a disconnected time, we needed to make our big church small. We needed to take what was a big group of people and like the vision from Acts chapter two, we needed to break our church down into some deeply connected groups. We took our Sunday gatherings and we made them smaller so that people could greet each other in a little bit of a better way. And we, we set up gatherings in homes across the city. We started meeting at Community Hall when we finally could, when the alert levels led us. We tried some new things. Uh, one Sunday, I didn't even put the chairs out. Most of you hated that Sunday. Some of you still haven't even come back. For those of you listening on the podcast, we know who you are. You know, in some ways, this experiment has gone really well. And in other ways, it's been a huge experiment that requires some more tweaking. It's been consolidating for us to bring all of our stuff together into Community House and Community Hall. All week long, hundreds of people are participating in that little center as we bless the city, as we feed the hungry, as the addicted meet to be transformed, as circles use our lounges because they don't have lounges of their own or lounges that are big enough, as we gather on Sunday to be a community of faith, as we center our lives on Jesus in that little place. Sometimes we wonder if we did the right thing. Sometimes I wake up having a church-themed cold sweat nightmare, knowing we definitely didn't do the right thing. And sometimes some of you tell me how much you are enjoying the journey, and it makes it okay, and we keep going. All of this to say, we have tried to adapt in this moment, and we are adapting still. And adapting can be costly. You know, hiking into the mountains when you prepare to be canoeing is not an easy thing to do. And so I want to take a moment just to acknowledge something important today. Not all of us have liked leaving our canoe. Not all of us have made it as we've hiked. COVID has been a disruption that disrupted us in all ways. And those disruptions have meant that for some of us, the great disturbance is still going on. And every day, every day I am praying for our community. I pray for you every day, Centro Vineyard. And as I pray for this community, I pray for those who haven't been able to keep walking with us for various reasons. We know that the walk was more costly than the canoeing in the river. We know that some of us have not enjoyed it. It's not what we signed up for. It's not what we wanted to do. We also know that around Tamaki Makoto, across Aotearoa, across the world, there are churches which have not made it. They have not made it as they've gone out into the cold and figured out how to walk together. They've been disbanded. They've become lost in the storm. 
wishing that they could go back to the river. And so I say this today in a quest for honesty. I I say this today to name that this journey is costly. I say this to say that leaving the river and trying to cross the mountain is going to cost us some things. But also I say it to count a blessing. Look at us all here today. Look at us, we've made it this far. We've got to this point. And like every good journey, every now and then on a journey, you have a moment of vista, a moment to stop and to look and to take in the view. And so as leaders today, I want to celebrate that we feel like we've got to a point, March 28th, one year on, when we can stop and have a little look around and call out a couple of things and bless them. You know, behind us, Over the last 12 months, we see our canoes sitting beside the river. What were those? Well, we see our attempts at church up until that point and the reality that they would not work as we kept working forward. And so in that, we see our first steps of the hike. We see our attempts of church online. I went back and watched some of those. Man, some of those are terrible. We see our Zoom accounts that we never want to look at again. We see our churches that met in homes across the city. We see some of you connecting still because you made room for each other in your lounges. We see generosity as people gave to the fund that we could then bless people with who needed any financial help. We see community hall full of hundreds of people all week long. We see circles that are still gathering, tables that are still being opened, a church which is still learning how to party and partying sometimes. We see leaders that are emerging and we see people who have responded to this moment. And we are so grateful, so grateful for the journey that has got us this far. But now, now we want to look where we are to the future. We want to stop here and have a look. What is on the horizon? Well, today, today I don't have a pitch for you. I don't have three points that are all detailed up and all suave. I just have three things that we want to bring to your attention. And I want to hold them in this analogy. And I want to hold the analogy and say that we have been walking in the mountains and we are walking in the mountains still. But we will reach the coast soon. Take to heart, Central Vineyard. The coast will be something new to what the river was and the coast will be different to what the mountain has been. You know, the adaption that has happened over the last 12 months as a church, it will continue as we head down the mountain towards the new thing we can see. And so I want to talk to you about three things today. I want to bring three things to your attention for these last several minutes. Three things that are important as we start tracking our way down from the mountain towards the coast. You know, firstly, I want to speak to those of you who gather at our 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. gatherings. For those of you who pile into community hall on Sunday morning, the first thing we want to say to you today is that we sense that community hall as a space for those gatherings is already full and jammed, and we as people are starting to look for some other options. As a gathered group of people, we've been meeting in community community hall in this time, and it's been great, but we are increasingly realizing that this is not our forever home. This was the home for the mountain. And we're navigating our way down, and it's serving us well in this time. But as you may have noticed, there doesn't seem to be much room left for if we want to set up a full home there. And those toilets are terrible, aren't they? (laughs) I just hold on, it's fine. (laughs) Today, today, Central Vineyard, if the 9 and the 11 is your community, if that's where you go, 
Today we want to call you to prayer. We want to call you to seeking God. This is an all-in moment. As the gathered people of the city, what would it look like in six months or 12 months or two years? Who knows? But what will it look like as we come down off the mountain to find this new place? You know, we don't have a sense of what that can look like yet. But what we do on a Sunday in Community Hall, while it serves us well at the moment, it is full. There are a bunch of compromises that we have to make when we're there. And our sense is God has something for us that is unique for us and right for us. You know, last week at our board meeting, Josh asked me, he asked me a great question. He just said, Dan, what's the dream? Like we're talking about this and we're talking it over at the board and he just said, what's the dream? And uh, this is the picture I wanna show you. This is the dream. I saw this last year uh, from a Scott Erickson, Scott the Painter exhibition he was doing in a church. And this is their facility. This is their sanctuary. This is where they worship together. And I just went, I want that. I want that. I mean, community hall is like a third of that. I want that. I want to take one of the big old buildings that is now empty and potentially going to become apartments. And I want to redeem it back to being a place of faith that it has been sowed to be. That's that's my dream. That's what I see. A place that we could redeem and be us. And now there's no details. I don't have another slide that says, and here it is. And I don't have a trade me link to send you. No details, no address. We're just asking you, Central Vineyard, Fano, come and pray with us. Come and dream with us. Prophesy with us. We've always been a community who listens to the prophetic. If the Lord stirs something in you, we want to know. Send it, email it, tell us, have coffee with us. We want to know what God's saying to you as we start to think about what it could look like as we come down the mountain and as we start to be the people of our city. Secondly, I want to say something about the fact that we are a multi-gathering church. This is not going to change our multi-gathering reality. Our multi-gathering is actually becoming something even more beautiful. Our multi-gathering is becoming multi-site. Today I have wonderful news. Our attempts to do church as a multi-gathering people was a seedbed for us to start to learn how to do that. And it opened the door for something incredibly beautiful and something incredibly redemptive. Today, I want to introduce you to a family. Next slide. This is, uh, I'm going to do it in the order. Silla, Eliana, Vivek, and Theo. Vivek is here somewhere. Is he around? There he is. Vivek, do you want to come on up? And is Eliana going to, is Ellie going to join you? Or is it, are you managing kids? Or Ellie, come on up. Brilliant. Hey, welcome these guys, yeah? Welcome. That's a nice photo. That is a nice photo. Vivek and Ali lead Link Vineyard, which is a church that meets over in New Lynn. It's a couple of years old as a church plant. And Vivek took on leading this church when the planting pastors moved to Australia. When did you start leading Link Vineyard? Two weeks before lockdown or one week before lockdown? Four weeks. Oh, it was longer than I thought, you know. But yeah, four weeks before lockdown. Four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks into leading his community and COVID strikes. Link Vineyard is a party walking along the mountain and we've found them. The Lord has brought us onto the same track and now we're starting to walk together. Vivek and Ali's church is becoming a central vineyard. Our multi-gathering vision that we've stumbled our way through trying to do for this last 12 months, it has been the perfect ground in which to discover how to do this with other friends. And so our vision for being a multi-gathering church 
is not just that we'd be multi-gathering in the same building, but they would become multi-gathering across our city. And so we welcome Vivek and Ali and your, I think there's some Link Vineyard people here. If there are, can you just wave and make a little bit of noise? Yeah, there's a few there. Woohoo! Welcome, welcome. We want to welcome you. And why don't you say a few words? Just introduce yourself. Give us a little, a bit of a, a little bit of a story. Yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Vivek. This is Eliana, my beautiful wife. Um, and Salam Theo. Um, yeah, that analogy we were just talking about. We were on that canoe for four weeks and we had to shift into this mountain. And, um, and honestly, um, I actually cannot imagine doing this journey without these guys. Um, we've probably been journeying for a good year. Dan came on the board straight away and has been helpful right from the start. And um, I've just experienced genuine generosity from them, genuine support. Um, ministry is not something you want to just throw yourself in the deep end, and I did. <laughs> Um, it was a yes to Jesus, but there was a lot of things to be worked out, and, um, and I cannot recommend these guys enough. They've been really genuine, really genuine and really supportive, and we're just stoked to be part of Central. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Stay here just a second. Um, so, so, so we know that there's going to be some people sitting in this room that, you know, you've been at Central Avenue for quite a few years, and, and we want to call you to something unique and different for this moment. Uh, we want to call you that as Link Vineyard starts to reform, that's the word we're using, eh? as they reform into becoming a central vineyard over the next several months, is there something in your heart that says New Lynn or Foe as an area of the city? It's important to me. It's dear to me. And I want to see what it looks like to see a faithful presence of Jesus in that area. Just next slide there. And so the working title is Central Vineyard Foe or New Lynn. We haven't decided yet. We haven't. It's very much a working title. <laughs> But over the next several months, if you want to be part of reforming this community, reforming's a beautiful word. It's a beautiful word. As it becomes part of the central vineyard story and also as it honors the story that it's had as Link Vineyard and it reforms into this new future. If there's something in you today or over the next couple of weeks or months as you sit with us in prayer that says, I want in on that, I want to join in on that, then we want to bless you to be part of that. And so here's how you can do that. Over the next several, um, next several months, there are four team nights, aren't there, Vivek? And these four team nights are for some of the existing people at Link, but they're also for people that might be sitting in this room who are keen to come along. And we want to get you in the room on 8th of April, 29th of April, 20th of May, and 10th of June, across those four nights to start journeying through what could it look like to reform this church into being a central vineyard as it gets ready to launch as a central vineyard at the start of July. Is that right? Yeah. We, want, we just want to welcome you guys. It's, so, it's such a privilege to be able to do this together. We don't take it lightly. Um, but with our, with our own sense of, um, I guess, expanding our own net a little bit here and going, let's see what God wants to do in the city of Tamaki Makoto as we spread out a little bit further. We're so glad to have you guys in part of this. And thank you for the privilege just to walk together. Yeah? God bless you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, if you want to get involved in that reforming, then this we're going to have those up on the website shortly. Okay. Lastly, last piece. We're tracking along good on time here. This is our last little bit here. While we went to multi-gatherings, um, we had some other beautiful things happen. Uh, Chris and Katie Brunt, who have moved to Wellington, sadly, uh, but that they, um, they send their love. 
the Fletcher Farno. Can you wave, Fletchers? Yeah. And uh, Mike and Ella. Where's Mike and Ella? There they are. <laughs> they got together and had this crazy idea of what would it look like if we could keep doing our home gathering that they were doing in the hall and see just where it took them. And while they did that, they started what's become called the 4 p.m. gathering. It's not very imaginative. I, I, I'm like, we can do better than that. But then Ella's like, but it does, it, it says what it is. And I'm like, all right, fine. But uh, they started this thing called the 4 p.m. gathering. And for these last, um, these last several months, as we've gathered at 9 or 11, there's been people gathering at 4. A beautiful space where all are welcome. And one of the beautiful things that they do is they worship, they open the Bible, and then they share a meal together and they eat together. It's a stunning gathering. It's a stunning space. Ella joined our team several years ago. She came on board as a staff member who was going to be doing an operations role, a coordination role, a support role. But over this recent year, we have watched as Ella not only fulfilled all the various things that she had on her very long job description list, but she has started to bear fruit in another way. She was no longer just a support, but she has started to lead. She was not just helping others, she was the lead help. She was shepherding, she was pastoring, she was speaking prophetically. And it's in that fruitfulness we spotted something that God was doing with her. She was being called deeper into ministry and ministry as a pastoral leader here in this community. And so as she led the 4 p.m. gathering with her team and in the other spaces that she inhabits during the week, like gratis and various outward initiatives that we have, she was bearing fruit. We spotted it and today we want to bless it. We asked Ella if she wouldn't mind responding to the call that we could see on her life. If she, like we asked the Wisemans a few years ago, could see herself building her life around this call. And thankfully she said, yeah. <laughs> so Ella is no longer a, just a support worker. She, like the rest of us, is a servant, serving in her giftings as a pastoral leader. Now we aren't usually ones for banding around titles. It's not usually our style. It feels weird for us. But today we want to honor that that is exactly what we see in you. As you abide with Jesus, his fruit is on display for all to see. There is a good work that you are doing in the world. And we're putting that name on it today. So today we want to take a moment to do something very special here. We've only done this twice in the life of Central Vineyard. It happened six years ago when Lloyd Rankin asked Gab and I if we would do this and he commissioned us. And it happened again in 2017 when we took the Wisemans and we asked them the same questions. This was even before they became co-leaders. Today we want to commission Ella into the space of being a pastoral leader in this community. Today we are affirming the call we see on her life. And we are affirming the yes that she's giving it in response. And so Ella, why don't you come and you join us up here. And Mike, you come too, man. Come on. And the Wisemans and Gab, why don't you come as well? And we're just going to take a few moments to do something that's going to feel rather official. Um, like I said, this is, as, this is as official as it will get around here. But uh, this is very important. This is very important. Ella, we are so glad that as we walk down the mountain, we're getting to do this with you like this. <laughs> Thank you.
L-O-O, today we are blessing the person that you already are and we are cheering you on for the future that is ahead. You are a woman who carries this church in your heart and a woman who incarnates it with her life. Today we commission you with the same statements that we, the Sheeds and the Wisemans, have stood in front of this church and said yes to as well. They're the same statements. So we as the leaders of Central Vineyard have called you here today to commission you as a fellow leader in Central Vineyard, one who has greater responsibility as a pastor of a gathering. It is our belief that God has called you and ordained you to this task. Furthermore, it is our understanding that the Holy Spirit has revealed this to you and to this church. We have witnessed the fruit of your labor among us. We've seen you act as a pastor, as a teacher, as a prophet, as an apostle, as a teacher, as a colleague, and as a friend. We've seen you counsel others. We've seen you make peace when the needs arose, as well as other duties and opportunities that have come your way. In addition to all of the above, we have seen you plan and execute various projects and do so in a way that was commendable. We see that it has served to strengthen the church. We have seen that God is with you in all of the above. So in your singleness, in your engagement, and then in your marriage, you have proven yourself. (laughs) This is formal, Rob. Behave. We have pro- you have seen you prove yourself to be a wonderful participant in the Lord's work amongst us, as you have extended welcomes to many into your household and your life. We believe in you and your exhibited wisdom, your generous willingness to give of your resources, your honesty, your integrity in dealing with issues. And we have noted your continuing willingness to take a servant's role as opportunities have presented themselves. All of which leads us to this conclusion, that though you are not perfect, God is working his spirit and his character into your very being amongst us. So Central Vineyard and every Vineyard Church has a distinct genetic code of why we do the things we do. And today, we want to call you to affirm your commitment to those distinctives that are at the very heart of God and the very heart of what we do here. I'm going to hand over to Alicia. She's going to ask you the questions. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and if you agree, you're going to say, I will. You can take your time to work out with it. So Ella, will you endeavour to centre this church on pursuing Jesus and encouraging every person to play their unique part in joining God and what he is doing right now? I will. Will you endeavour to centre this church in the activity of teaching God's word? I will. Will you endeavour to centre this church in the activity of worshipping the Lord our God with your whole being? I will. Will you endeavour to centre this church in a way in which care for the poor and marginalised is prominent? I will. Will you endeavour to centre this church where equipping people for life and ministry is an ongoing reality? I will. And last one. Will you endeavour to centre this church and a commitment to live in Christian unity with the rest of the body of Christ around us. I will. With that, we bless you and we commission you into the very things you've said, I will too. Let's Let's show our gratefulness, eh? Yeah.
do you want to, it feels like a wedding without a kiss, doesn't it? It was like, <laughs> it's like there's the moment, but do you want to say anything? It's an honour, and that's how I've been holding it this week, is that um, it's just an honour to be here. This church has been the, a home for the last six years where um, I've come to know Jesus in a deeper way, and this is the path that it's taken. Um, and so to um, join with you guys and um, in this new way is just an honour. So, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's beautiful. What we're going to do now is we're going to gather around Ella and we're going to pray for her. And so we want to just make this an invite that if you love her and know her well, you are welcome to come. Uh, We're just going to do it just here in the front. And we're going to respond to God together as a community with just a little bit more worship, but also we're going to come to the Lord's table. And so today, would you stand? And I'm going to release you to go to the table, take of the communion elements and just join the worship team and singing a little bit further as we pray for Ella. Come, just come and join in if you want to come and pray for it. It's just the agenda for this next little while. But as we take from the table and as we sing this last song, you know, this is our landing point this morning. It's been so good to gather with you. Don't rush off. Please keep participating. But it's been so good to be together in this big space doing this like this. Um, And so stand, it too. And I want to call you to the table. And today I have one last little thing to mention. And that is this is our new call to the table, which has been written by us as a community. Uh, People have put pen to paper and this is our call. We're not using the Iona community anymore. We're parking that one for a while. This is ours. It has been poured over and loved over and cared for. The words have been thought through. And uh, our thanks to who wrote it. You know who you are, but you didn't want to be named. And so in the anonymity of that, this is our call to the table. So we hooey in the name of Yahweh, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And at this table, Te Rongapai is embodied. At this table, we remember His victory on the cross. We rest in His presence now and every day. We hope for the future that is to come when all things are made new. So come, Christ welcomes us all. There's always more room, room for friends old and new. Whether you call Him friend yet or not, He already calls you friend and has set a place for you. The invitation is yours. You may take your place. May this meal embody His grace that feeds you every day. Jesus, as you became the bread broken for us, may we become through your grace the bread that is broken for the world and the cup that is poured out for all, that we might play our part and take your table beyond these walls. In the name of Tamatua, Tetama, Tapu. Come to the table. There's one at the back, there's one at the front here, and one at the front here. And uh, if you guys are praying for Ella, move into the middle because then the speakers won't blast you. All right. <laughs>